Today we have lived a good life. Having some faith or confidence in the teachings of the Buddha, we have undertaken the three trainings of the Noble Eightfold Path. And the first of the trainings is the training in purifying the intention before speaking and acting, which requires mindfulness, awareness of the moment we're about to speak or act, purifying it of the uh, torments, the kilesas that cause harm to others. So these transgressive kilesas are purified by the practice of the, of the precepts. And when we're able to do that, we purify our intention and we get to experience a relative happiness of living in harmony with one another. And this is a huge reduction in the amount of torment that we can experience and we often do experience in our interpersonal relationships. And then by undertaking the second training of the Noble Eightfold Path, we practice remembering to recognize the present moment's experience or mindfulness, awareness. And with that we purify our mind momentarily of the obsessive kalesis. And while the obsessive kalesa may be the object of a wholesome moment of mindful awareness, that is a wholesome moment, not an unwholesome moment of being entangled in the torment. And this uh, momentary purification of the mind purifies the mind of the obsessive uh, kilesas of attachment, aversion, and confusion. And when there's some momentum or some continuity to that mindfulness, we enjoy the happiness of seclusion from the tormented mind from the obsessions. This seclusion is experienced as tranquility or calmness. And this is a subtler and yet a more enduring uh, kind of happiness. And yet there's a third training of the Noble Eightfold Path, which is the practice of wisdom or insight, vipassana. And this is observing with mindful awareness the moment-to-moment -moment experience in order to understand them. And as we do, we realize these three characteristics of all experience, that they're impermanent, that they are dukkha, painful or unsatisfactory in some way, and that they have the anatta characteristic or they're not immediately controllable by our willpower. 
And when we realize these insights through direct observation of awareness, we purify our understanding of the latent defilements, the latent torments. They haven't arisen yet. Conditions aren't ripe for them, but when conditions are ripe, the misunderstanding about them will give rise to them. And it is insight that purifies this understanding of belief in satisfaction, enjoyment, or pleasure as the source of happiness. Realizing that everything is impermanent, nothing is enduring, everything is unstable, insecure. And realizing that things are not under our immediate control. These understandings are powerfully liberating because they uproot these latent defilements from the mind in time. Vipassana gathers some momentum or the clarity with which we see these three characteristics grows and the latent defilements don't get a chance to arise. And when the momentum is sufficient to access the unconditioned or Nibbana, then these latent defilements are uprooted from the mind, never to arise again. This is the Buddha's noble eightfold path, these three trainings. And all of our efforts today have been in fulfillment of that practice, that path, that journey to the awakening of the end of suffering. When you stop and reflect on our efforts today being really these three practices, these three trainings, you have to ask yourself, what more could you do, really? What more could you do than what you did today to really set your life on a course of greater and subtler happiness by removing these transgressive, obsessive, and latent defilements and torments from the mind? There's really nothing more we could do. We did the best we could. If we could have done better, we would have. And so today we have really used our time wisely and really lived a good life, made good use of our human life. And in the course of it, of course, we develop a momentum of goodness or punya, benefit, merit in our hearts. And it goes with us wherever we go and we can share it with others intentionally Others get the benefit of our work to the extent that we understand our suffering and the causes of suffering and how to be free of that suffering, then we're not likely to be a bother to others. And in fact, our actions and speech and understanding 
will express that wisdom and compassion that comes from practice. So everyone that we share life with, family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, strangers, pets, they get the benefit of this work that we've done. And so in this way, not only is this work a very compassionate thing to do for ourselves, but it's a compassionate thing to do for everyone that we share life with. And to share this wisdom through our behavior and speech in a compassionate way is a gift that we offer to everyone that we share life with too. And so all of our behavior, all of our actions today is an act of generosity. Giving of ourself to gain this knowledge so that others may benefit. We benefit and others benefit. So all of our efforts today have been really full of goodness. Putting aside the calaces, the defilements, practicing generosity, compassion for ourselves and others, and freeing the heart and mind from suffering. What could be better? So let's chant the evening acknowledgement of this impermanence. <clears throat> Anicca vata sankara upadua yadamino upakitua niruchanti te sam upasamo Suko again, Anicca Vata Sankara Upadawa Yadamino Upajitua Niruchanti Desam Bubasamo Suko again, Anicca Vata Sankara Upadawa Yadamino Upakitoa niruchanti te samupasamo suko. days, four days we've been at this journey. We're about at the halfway point. This is the hard half. <laughs> Not easy, I know. Really hard. And yet, it's really the work that has to be done. You know, there's no way around it. Anybody that has ever freed their heart or mind from suffering to a degree, has had to do this work. Exactly what you're experiencing today. Confronting these torments 
and working with them, coming to understand them, stabilizing the mind, letting go. There's no other way. You can't, you can't magically wish it away. These, these tendencies are deeply rooted in the mind. And yet, if we practice, they come to the surface and then we can do something with them. And eventually we'll understand them and we'll begin to be lay the ground, lay the, lay the groundwork for freeing ourselves from their uh, incessant visiting. It's possible. That's why we do it. We all have had a taste. You know, we all get a little taste of being free of the torments for a moment or two or five or at the end of a retreat. And that's what keeps us coming back. We know. We know the direction we're going. So, thank you for your efforts. This work would be too hard to do alone. Oh, you get the instructions, you're going to go do that for alone for the rest of your life? Forget it. You wouldn't do it. Would you? You wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. But having other people around to kind of lean on and see and support and feel inspired by and discuss the Dharma with is really important. So thank you for being here. If you weren't here, I wouldn't be either. <laughs> so I really appreciate, I really appreciate having the opportunity to practice with you. Really good. So get your rest as you need it. And, uh, you know, at this point, some of, some of you have a little momentum going, and all of you have momentum going, but you might have enough that if you're not tired yet, you have this uh, momentum, don't waste it. Just practice. You can practice all the way to sleep. Or if you don't have to even lay down yet, then you can stand up for a while, walk a while, come back and sit. Even to do an extra 15 minutes really is empowering. You really step outside your comfort zone, really expand your capacity. And it really inspires yourself, strengthens your confidence, your faith also. You don't have to be heroic. It's just a little bit. Just extend your boundaries a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. This is how we grow in greater capacity, greater faith, greater capacity, greater understanding, gradually. Or if you go to sleep now, maybe you wake up before the, before the bell ringer comes around. Don't lay in bed tossing and turning with a monkey mind. That just dissipates all your momentum that you gathered today. But take the opportunity, just get up early. Wake up, get up. Unless you just got to go pee like people my age. <laughs> Happens. <laughs> but if you wake up and you're really awake, get up. You know, maybe it's ten minutes early or half hour early. So what? You won't regret it. Nobody ever regrets practicing. It's hard. You never regret practicing.